The Tag Team Podcast is now on Alexa via the Inipod app. To use just say, Alexa, open Inipod. Inipod. At your service. Ask me to play a podcast. Play the Tag Team Podcast. Now playing the Tag Team Podcast. You're listening to the Tag Team Podcast, the podcast that is a WWE Network companion. Currently covering 1985 WWF Tuesday Night Titans. And now here are your Tag Team Podcast hosts, Jeff Jones and John Burke. Greetings. Welcome to the Tag Team Podcast. I'm John Burke. Salutations. And I'm Jeff Jones. What is going on? What a day. What a week. Another escapade. Where to start? <laughs> Much goodness. Previously on the Tag Team Podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Somebody's ready to move forward. <laughs> One thing for this go-round, the sickness that's been passed around everywhere. I finally got my dose. I was down for a while, and it's been miserable. Or so good, but yeah, I'll probably get it next week now. Yeah. Yeah, it's no fun. Just go ahead and get your antibiotics called in ahead of time. What was I thinking? Exactly. Well, I've been sick. Do you have any good news on your end? I had flooding. It was awesome. Oh. Yeah. Wednesday, better half was in the shower. She came out. I thought maybe I was still here in the shower, but where it was raining outside, and yeah, neither were, unfortunately, true. It turned out the third floor of my apartment complex had somehow had water I don't think anybody's living there from what I gathered from the people that came out to look at our damage. And the person above me had a big hole in their floor from it somehow. I don't know what kind of water it was. And I just got water from the ventilation fan dripping down pretty good. And water above the shower, which already had a crappy patch job we moved in. You could tell there's been something there before. So yeah, that was my Wednesday night. And they brought in a guy that's off property that I guess oversees some of the other properties as far as maintenance goes whenever the other main guys aren't here or don't work nights or whatever not on call yeah he came in so they'd have to probably replace the ceiling and all that and of course yeah that's not what apartment complexes do because then they don't make as much money so they just brought in a dehumidifier and let that run for four days straight and brought in a painter and he was supposed to come back this week and yeah i hadn't seen them so good times so i assume you have the popcorn ceiling yeah of course you gotta go with the cheapest stuff you can get on apartments so they're not going to replace the ceiling they're going to use the humidifier to dry out the ceiling quote quote yeah yeah four days yep. and then they're going to paint the ceiling they're gonna scrape it and paint it yeah oh. that's what he said the whole thing but yeah he hasn't been back this was last week oh so not only has water ruined your house all the popcorn that they're going to scrape off the ceiling is going to ruin everything in your apartment yeah i'm gonna have to take out everything in the bathroom which there's not a ton of stuff in the guest bathroom anyway and he's gonna scrape it and paint it allegedly if he ever comes back this might be a jerry bagwell situation i don't know so it's only your bathroom that was affected for the most part yeah there was some water coming inside the closet where the air conditioner and all that's housed it was like a little trickle in there and then there was a little bit in the main bathroom 
bathroom, but not as nearly as much that was in the guest bathroom. Guest bathroom had the worst of it for sure. Well, good. At least I guess nothing really was damaged on your end then. Carpet, anything? Well, that's not entirely true. <laughs> I kept some of my huge moving boxes and stuff I just really don't have room for that I just kind of had laying around in our other apartment. I left that in the box, and yeah, that was in the tub that no one uses. So a lot of that stuff got some water damage. Oh, good. Yeah, mostly starting lineup type things. Actually, it was all basketball players from the 90s that are still in packages. I wouldn't say I'm a diehard collector because if I was, I'd have a lot more and they would be in those protected plastic cases where anything can touch them and it'd be fine. But they are in the original packaging, so I'm a moderate collector. And I also had some wrestling figures in there from before Hasbro, I think we're on Hasbro or Mattel. Whoever's making the figures now, before they started doing it. So these were the ones before that used to find in the early 2006 or seven or stuff like that. I got about five figures of those that were in there. For the most part, it was mostly the starters, guys that got water damage. Any printer's insurance? or? Yeah, but it doesn't cover that. What? No, it doesn't cover personal property. That's an extra. Got to take out a different type of policy for that. This just covers building. So the building goes up a blaze or in this case floats away. That's covered. <laughs> What's the point of the insurance that you have? I thought that's what renters insurance would do. Basically, it's what the apartment house makes us get or else I wouldn't even have that. Oh, it's not a lot anyway. It's about $100 for the whole year, but it's $100,000 on their stuff. Our little unit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because the car insurance people that I have, they offer renter's insurance that'll cover my personal. Yeah, this is separate, unfortunately. No. But, I mean, none of this stuff's really worth a lot. It's more like, oh, cool, I had this when I was young, and now I got it now, and it's an original packaging type deal, nostalgia. Other than I was kind of disappointed that the original Dream Team figures that I had, that box got water damage. I was like 60 bucks back in the 90s, and I paid a little bit more than that. I guess I got it in 2010. So, eight years ago. And I'll go give my better half credit. She did her darnest to make sure that it didn't have as bad a water damage as it did. So, I'm a perfectionist, so I can look at it and tell. And you can run your hand across it and tell. But, yeah, it doesn't look as bad as it would have if we just would have left it and did nothing. Well, it's not cool. Yeah, it wasn't very cool. At least it wasn't a total loss, so that's... No, it didn't get to the main area or anything like that. My dumb fault for keeping stuff in something that clearly had damage in the past and never moving it. Well, it's not really your fault, per se. Well, I mean, if I look at something and it has shitty patchwork, you're going to look and say, oh, well, that possibly could happen again. Maybe I shouldn't put this on this side. But yeah, they've been sitting there for, I guess we've been in here at this apartment for like two years now. So I think Terry Funk got it the worst. <laughs> you no good for nothing, egg-sucking dog. Wrestling guys are pretty good, but I think Funk got the worst. He must have been towards the top of the box. He can take it. He's uh, the funk man. Yeah, he's hardcore. Well, darn. He officially beat my bad day. <laughs> a couple episodes back. You got me beat on that one. So the water from an apartment that's not being used. Yeah, that's the baffling part. Okay. I was just curious. I'm guessing pipes somewhere in between. I don't know. No clue. Yeah. So I don't know what did it other than crappy patchwork from whenever the first time was before I lived here and yeah, I just decided to go after a while. Hopefully things will get better or they'll do something. I'm at least making them comp me for running this huge dehumidifier for four days in a row. I was like, yeah, I knew how much you paying for my electric. Are they at least going to comp you for that? 
Yeah, they said bring the bill by. So I don't think I can get them to pay the full thing, but we'll see. Well, I would just say, here you go. I'm just not saying. Yeah, that's totally what I'm planning to do. I don't think they listen to the podcast think we're good. Ah, they don't know. They know better. <laughs> Look, people that listen to our podcast don't do dumb shit like that. <laughs> Touche. Look at it like that. Touche. People have more sense. If you'd like to fund us on Patreon to help replace John's stuff campaign. That'd yeah, be a GoFundMe. A <laughs> Kickstarter. I think. Yeah. Well, darn, man. That's not what I wanted to hear, but hey, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, I got over it. Like I said, none of them were really worth millions of dollars or anything. And if I was a true hardcore collector, I'd have them in something a little bit more protective than just in a box. But whatever. Yeah, but it's principle. Yeah. Different story when it's your house versus something you don't own first something you had no way of knowing was even close to being a problem yeah well being a house renter i guess because i don't own the house yet you still very possible to do the same you still have to do those proactive yeah exactly checks you know but you would like you say you would think with an apartment that they would no no you don't. <laughs> it's all about the money yeah you just assume nobody's looked at it in years and do your due diligence, I guess, is all you can really do to protect yourself. Exactly. But if a painter don't come back by, you know, in the next three months and you're still in the <laughs> apartment, I'd probably get renter's insurance and go up to the third floor mysteriously and turn that water back on, put some important stuff under there. Like, look, it happened again. The dehumidifier did nothing. It just made everything worse and my ears dry. Yeah. That's how I would do it. Tag team podcast field trip. Well, yeah. <laughs> Take a video, upload it. Well, that sucks. You want to recap and get some more bad news for Andre here? Yeah, let's go ahead and recap. Let's end this off on a good note. Previously on the Tag Team Podcast. Last podcast we left off was Friday Night Titans. It was March 15th, 1985. We opened the show with Alfred Hayes stumbling pretty much over the whole intro and pretty much everybody stumbling through the whole show. It was interesting. Usually Vince McMahon and Lord Alfred Hayes kind of dialogue in the middle, but they went straight to the first guest, which is Bobby Heenan, Ken Patera, and Big John Studd. After that, they cut to a match with Ken Patera and Big John Studd versus Andre the Giant and SD Jones. We knew the outcome of that because of who was there. Next, <laughs> we go over to Piper's Pit, which has Bobby Heaton, Ken Patera, Big John Studd talking about the big slam money. And Piper does something that you wouldn't expect a heel to do. Tune in. And next, we have the also missable training of Mr. T and Hulk Hogan training. Next up, we have Wendy Richter as the guest. Go to the Wendy Richter and Cindy Lauper interview. And Wendy says that Moolah couldn't sell dog food if she printed her face on it. Good stuff. Next up, we have the fortune teller who tries to predict the outcome of WrestleMania once again. And it does look like a cheap version of Tales from the Crypt. And next up, we have Freddie Blassie, the Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov. No carpet ride this time. Just them talking about the tag team championship that they are after. And next up, we have a match with Iron Sheik versus the U.S. Express. Who is the U.S. Express, you ask? Well, listen to episode 26 and you shall find out. And that concludes our episode 26 of Friday Night Titan. Episode 27, March 22nd, 1985. I did not find any traces on YouTube. How about you? Nothing. Sorry, folks. Network only. 
Bosley here again with Mr. T to promote once again the Tag Team Pod Shop. They have shirts that are high quality and lightweight. They wear less than the change around my neck. That is right, Mr. T. Indeed they do. Hey man, how long we gonna listen to this jive? We can we get something to eat? Hold on, Mr. T. I just need to tell our listeners for each of the shirts sold this podcast makes $4 that goes to help fund the cost of the bandwidth and hosting of the Tag Team Podcast. Enough of this jibber-jabber. This time we're gonna do it my way. Stop procrastinating, fool. I want you to buy clothes for the less fortunate people in the community. Let me give them the website, Mr. T. Dig it, all right, all right. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash the Tag Team Pod Shop. Just call me up, you know, I make home visits. Mr. T's pretty handy with computers. Ah, uh, yeah, um, thank you, Mr. T. I told you, Mr. T, bring the heat. I'll bring the heat. Ha ha, and I brought it, didn't I? That you did, Mr. T. Say hello to your mother for me. Nobody mess with my mama. I pity the fool talk about my mama. I pity the fool talk about they mama. Recap in the 27th episode of Friday Night Titans. Actually, I've dubbed this one Title Night Titans because of all the gold on stage. This is a golden episode? Exactly. The 27th is always the golden episode anniversary. Everyone knows that. Up first, Andre the Giant. Okay. Yes, and right off the bat, I've also dubbed this the Vestigator episode. <laughs> I wonder... Uh- there have been a number of, of things brought, a number of questions asked by Bobby Heenan and others. Is Andre the Giant willing to put up anything? They're putting up $15,000. Uh, we'll get into that in a few moments. Yeah, he says he's looking a little heavy. He says he's like 500 pounds. It's like, yeah, thanks, Vince. Call me a fat ass. He wasn't very friendly. Oh, he wasn't. Not at all. Andre did state he's not at 500 pounds yet. And actually, I learned something that Lord Alfred Hayes knew him when he was at 270, when he was 17 years old. Yes, all will be revealed in the documentary of Andre. So, Vince says he's looking 500 pounds. <laughs> so our first match of the night is a jip of Andre the Giant versus Kenny McDonald. Kenny Patera with Heenan. And on commentary, we got Oakland and Monsoon. What we saw of it, not too bad of a match. I mean, considering Andre's limitations for his size and how he was feeling during this point of his career. Massive big man moves for the most part. Got chops, headbutts, his patent signature corner squash that he likes to do. Always heard on shoot interviews that Andre would sit on people. And now we got to see it when he sat on Kim Patera's neck. Yep, sat on Kim Patera's neck, <laughs> did a stomach stand where he steps on him and lingers for a few seconds and steps off. Mm. After some massive beating going on outside, Heenan comes in, has seen enough, and takes out some what we guess are brass knuckles, as we're told by Mean Gene and Monsoon. When Andre's back's turned, he dives from the top rope, Heenan does, and begins hitting Andre, and that basically gets the ref to make Andre the winner by DQ. It was a flying weasel. Yes. And he did smack him a couple times with the knuckles. I believe at one point, when something happened with the referee went down... Yeah, he hits Andre, and that very shoves, ends up falling back some, and which knocks the referee out completely. Magically, mind you, with a little nudge. But the referee was 50, at least. 
Yeah, this is a giant. He might have farted when he got hit. We don't know. <laughs> After the match, Andre gets his revenge with Heenan and Patera. And then we go back to the studio for some WrestleMania hype, which will be the underlining theme of this whole show, pretty much. Yep. And as you played at the beginning... Uh, Vince is the instigator. He, I guess Bobby couldn't make it, and Vince played the instigator. Yeah, Bobby got lost or something. So our first clip of Vince instigating after they come back. I wonder, uh, there have been a number of, of things brought, a number of questions asked by Bobby Heenan and others. Is Andre the Giant willing to put up anything? They're putting up $15,000. Uh, I would tell you, I put my hand down the lady. They cut my hand. No, I understand that. They got my hand. I gotta tell you one thing. I don't come in the ring to be a loser. They did get his hair and his stash of M&Ms. Yeah, so he sacrificed, that's for sure. Even though it was unintentional, yeah, he did. He sacrificed, and it looks good. Good to get for him. Yeah, it looks a lot more modern than his 70 fro that he had going. And he sacrificed by having S.D. Jones as a tag team partner. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if that was a laugh. Well, it was just more of a, aww. <laughs> Well, that was sad. So Vince can't let it stop there. He keeps on nagging Andre. All right, so they're putting up $15,000. Uh, and Heenan uh, makes, a, I think, a good point uh, to a certain extent. What's Andre the Giant putting up? I mean, shouldn't Andre the Giant put up something if they're putting up $15,000, regardless of who wins this match? And it could be, as you well know, for the first time, you bowing in defeat. Then again, it could be you finally righting all the wrongs. But... They're putting up $15,000. Bobby Heenan thinks that you should put up something. As a matter of fact, uh, Mr. Heenan, uh, don't, don't you feel you put up something, Andre? Well, I have to put something up. They want to lose some money. I'm going to take that money. All right, but Heenan thinks that maybe you should put up something like that if you don't slam Big John Stud, then you have to retire from wrestling. How do you, how do you think about that? Bobby Heenan said that? Bobby Heenan, Ken Patera, they all state that you should put up something, and they think that's the only fair thing for, the, for you to put up. That if you can't slam Big John Studd, then you retire from wrestling. This whole thing seems like a big rib to me or something. Yeah. Let's see if we can tick Andre off. Or Andre's forgetting what we just went over before we started the show. Yeah, I think a lot of what I heard, Andre pretty much runs the show. I think that was a lot. Then again, you know, with the TNT Titans, from what I've heard, that it's really kind of shoot interviews. There's not a lot planned with it. This wasn't real taunting. It was planned. It was very well done. Yeah, Greg Valentine kind of backs that up with his recollection of most of the interviews were off the cuff. We'll assume that TNT qualifies for that shade of interview even though it's sit-down type thing. We've learned don't call Andre Yellow, because if you do, you end up as a gift on the Tag Team Facebook page. So we'll have a cool gift of this next clip. There are going to be people that state that there's a bit of yellow streak running down your back if you don't, if you don't put it up. If you don't put something up, there's going to be people, there are going to be people that state that there's a big yellow. I'm going to tell you one thing. Nobody came to Yellow, and I go take that sign, and I go take the fifteen thousand dollar, and I go walk out the way. Andre, all right. Gosh, I guess you upset him there. <laughs> I love Lord Alfred A's. He like puts his hand on the back of his elbow, like yeah, that's gonna stop him. Andre, do you need help? Andre, do you want me to get your coat as you leave? <laughs> because in previous videos, we've seen Andre's hand is bigger than Lord Alfred's face. Yes. So what we heard there was Andre looking around and then grabbing Vince by the tie and kind of yanking up. 
directed by, by the tie. No one calls Miela. He's going to slam Big John. And he's going to walk out with the money. Apparently only 10000 Maybe he gives the other 5000 to the audience. He gave it to Vince's compensation. <laughs> yeah, here's your percent. <laughs> and we did find another reveal as Andre walks off the stage. Yes, not captured greatly in gift. Because once Andre's leaving, we do see Vince McMahon sling his arm and hit something. And I thought originally it was Vince McMahon picking up something, throwing it at him, literally. But it's not. It's just Vince McMahon mad because he has to change his underwear. So I'm pretty sure he shit himself. I <laughs> <laughs> guarantee it. <laughs> Probably accurate. But we do find out that the WWF mug that's on the desk is plastic. You heard it here first. It is plastic. I was really disappointed for some reason. I thought it was a real ceramic <laughs> mug. Give me both. Yep, it looked authentic. And then to see him just knock it off the desk and it just bounce. <laughs> I was like, oh. It's not as traumatic as we were hoping for, Vince. No, definitely not. Kevin Dunn, you're fired. <laughs> he was only assistant. Don't blame him. Horrible. That was his job back then to put stuff on the desk. Make it look like a real talk show desk. Here, yes. go get a mug. Gets the plastic one. Yeah, it was probably cheaper. Might have been a stunt mug. Ah, that's true. Yeah, might be. Well, I guess it's for the better in case Andre got a hold of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they go to a commercial, and when they come back, we have our first screw job of the TNT history. Lord Alfred Hayes. Back with more TNT and... Uh... We apologize for any disparaging remarks uh, to Andre the Giant if, in fact, uh, we took a, maybe a little bit too much liberty. We apologize to Andre, but uh, when we were uh, in commercial, Lord Alfred Hayes, uh, you heard it from Andre himself. Yes, he felt it contingent upon himself to face up to that. He has a long fuse, but I've never seen it blow quite so quickly as it did with you uh, regarding his temper. But he said yes, he will accept that decision because he is convinced he can beat Stud. He said... He will accept that condition that if he doesn't slam him, he will retire from wrestling. I don't see that happening. Well, I don't know, but it's a golden opportunity for Big John Studd and uh, Ken Patera and obviously uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, a tremendous opportunity. And I think maybe even Andre uh, just could very well regret his decision of, uh, of acceptance. The one he didn't make and Lord Alfred Hayes' line through his teeth. And after he left, I'm pretty sure Lord Alfred Hayes went back and comforted him. Yeah, exactly, because he was doing so well restraining him on stage. <laughs> well, you know, in all reality, Lord Alfred is a righty, and he was on the left side of him. <laughs> so technically, he wasn't on his good side. So that was my storyline. I think Lord Alfred Hayes made that crap up and was screwing Andre by saying, yeah, he'll put his career in the line. He said, you were right, Vince, and what a great guy you were, and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. So next on set, we have a celebrity. Jimmy Hart comes out with Greg the Hammer Valentine and our first taste of Title Night Titans with the IC Intercontinental Championship belt. Or Jimmy can completely sit down, they ask him to show off his Converse, which have funky colors of black, green, red, white, blue checkers. We're in the 80s style. He was kicking the rock and roll style. But not that punk rock and roll that Cindy Lauper. No, the real stuff. As Greg the Hammer Valentine acknowledges. Comes out and the mics to me, they seem like they were set on boatman setting because the first thing you pick up of Jimmy Hart is him smacking his gum. <laughs> 
So they're very sensitive, or he was very, very loud. I was going to say, oh no, he was loud. Yeah, mouth of the south. Yes, I'm sure he was very loud. And I wonder if that was possibly the same month that Saboteur Balambo come by and they just didn't turn the game down. Exactly. It's probably right after his segment. They just taped it all the same day. So Greg calls the shoes rock and roll, tells about Jimmy knowing about rock and roll because he was part of the gentries and keep on dancing. Not that punk rock that Cindy Lauper goes into a spill about with her and his former manager, Captain Lou. Oh, yeah, the traitor? Yes, the traitor. The disgusting slob. Exactly. Yes. All the stuff Vince called him last month. Yeah, that applies. And magically. All's forgiven. We know we were just picking. <laughs> so that goes into a match. We got Greg Valentine versus the great Jim Powers. On commentary, Vince and Bruno. I like Jim Powers as a job. He's got some stuff on him. <laughs> I'm sure we'll cover it sometime in an incident. Of course he does. <laughs> But yeah, he's got a little bit of a past. Only the good ones did. Exactly. We can't be Roman Reigns and all just nicey and all that good fake stuff. Exactly. Greg comes out in his Ric Flair-like robe. They say it's over 5K on the robe. Signs saying Tito going to break Valentine's heart from the audience. Lots of crowd shots before the match starts up. Then, to me, what I heard, you might have heard something different. But on here, it seems like a lot of fans were getting hungry and they started chanting Cheetos. (laughs) That's what I heard. Yes, I heard Cheetos. I guess they really like Cheetos in Toronto. I think that's where this match was at. So, what'd you get out of this match? President Bush was there, if you didn't notice. President Bush, did you see him there? Must have missed that one. No, nope, you didn't. I missed that one. Well, we will make sure that you don't miss him. But Mr. Bush was there. I was very happy to see that he had made it, especially a dark match, I guess you want to call it. House show. House show. I guess they were all house shows back then. Though. Yeah, pretty much. They didn't know they were going to be on TNT. So, yeah, I did notice he was there. Also, I'm pretty sure it's Mr. Bush. Oh, Ronald Reagan. Not Bush. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. That's him. I don't know my president. Yeah, call yourself a Canadian. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, we see that Jim Powers did get the early advantage with a wrist lock, and then he actually got a roundhouse kick, which was actually not really a roundhouse kick, but... (laughs) Sam Martino said roundhouse kick. I'm just going to let it pass. Wrestler. He should know. Right. It was really a... <laughs> Insiguri? Insiguri. We'll take it. Yeah. Gives the fans a little bit of a false hope and Greg gains control. Very quickly. He works the knee because that's what he does. How much as he did to put an end to Tito. So yeah, he regains control, works the leg, sets him up for his patent figure four that he stole from Flair also. And he gets the win. Nice and clean. One, two, three. Yep, one, two, submit. Right, that's why they do it over here. Exactly. Back on set, we get Hart. He's predicting JYD will bite the dust when him and Greg wrestle it up in WrestleMania. They basically do a live promo on the set about how good they are and how great shape that Hart got Greg into from 265 to 250. And that's when Vince comes in for his third Vincegator. But what if, Mr. Hart? What if All there's a the flu? They are right. What if? But it's hypothetical. But but what if Mr. Valentine loses? Would you take credit? I mean, uh, you didn't take any credit for him winning the championship. If he loses it in the garden, would you take some credit for that? Well, let me just tell you this. He's not going to lose. Don't even be negative about this thing. Don't even. I don't what even want him to hear to this. I don't even to hear this talk up. like this. 
Let me tell you something. Like I said before, this is the greatest professional athlete in the world today. That has a promise, baby, and he's got the greatest manager, Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Now, I don't think he would take credit for the loss unless he's going to help <laughs> JYD win. Could hit him with a, a wooden chair or something. I don't know. Oh, he's going to pull a loose. Yeah, and just say he wasn't strong enough. should be able to take that. It's his fault. Now, going back to what you were saying, I am glad that you mentioned Jimmy Hart said, get up, get up. Don't take your shirt off. <laughs> But just skid up, show the bell, show the bell. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> <we> lost. <laughs> I guess they saw the uh, Nikolai Volkov and Sheik before, and they were like, oh, we better not do that again. Exactly. Like I said, title night titans for sure. We're getting a first oh, yeah. taste with the IC, and then we'll have more to follow. Keep on Dancing is a rock song written by Alan A. Jones and Willie David Young, originally performed by the Avantis Sonago Records in 1963 and covered by the Gentries in 1965. The song was also covered by the Bay City Rollers in 1971. The Gentries version was first released on Youngstown 601 in 1965, but was soon nationally distributed by MGM Records. Keep On Dancing reached number 4 in 1965 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for two weeks and stayed on the Hot 100 for 13 weeks. After leaving the charts it surpassed a million copies in sales. Keep On Dancing is notable for the fact that it is actually one short recording repeated in order to stretch the record out to the length of the typical pop single of its day. The second part of the song, after the false fade, beginning with Gentry's drummer Larry Wall's drum fill, is the same as the first. Although the Gentry's usually had Jimmy Hart and Bruce Bowles as singers, the band's guitarist, Larry Raspberry, sang lead vocals on the song. Welcome back. Exactly. Come back to your job. And I don't know if you've seen any of the Gentries before, but we'll put some pictures of that out, singling out the great Jimmy Hart as the member of the Gentries. Huh. Well, I'll have to check that out, definitely. Was that the uh, his high school choir band? I don't know where those guys meet up. Bosley didn't have any info on that, but it was kind of ironic that, yeah, Jimmy used to sing, and then the one song that's their biggest song he didn't sing on, and, well, you, you connect the dots. I guess that's why he where he is now exactly making billions yes <laughs> millions whenever he was not singing he's smart yeah doing the layout can't sing but i can talk yep he's probably the one that suggested to just loop it it's only a minute and 30 long just loop it a couple times i never know the difference exactly they're stupid <laughs> they're dummies they wouldn't be listening so next up on the stage we get piper we have a piper's pit clip with ace paula and piper cutting a promo on hog hogan as they say and mr t part that i found the funniest out of that promo is the part where he was talking about mr t and mr t's other thing that he had on tv besides the a-team and we'll play that clip you know the difference is we ain't no cartoon character that comes on saturday afternoon and watches them all dressed up in pretty black colors man we're the real thing and the ironic part of that is well in a few weeks partner you're gonna be a cartoon character on cbs on a little show called hulk hogan's rock and wrestling mm. so yeah that clip's gonna aired march 22nd and that show debuted in september so a few more months he'll, he'll be a cartoon character with mr t rival networks though well, that's why they called it like they did i don't know yeah he probably didn't know at the time but maybe no, no. They just used likeness. They didn't have to use any of their voices, as we found out. Yeah, it's cheaper. Exactly. So I thought that was ironic that he was saying, we aren't cartoon characters like you. Well, you will be. 
The other thing I did like out of this little segment is we finally know the true reason how Orton got his cast. Yes, they talk about the cast question. By the way, that, uh, that's been some time since... Uh, since the wrist was broken, well, not that should that not be healed by not now? That long. It hasn't been that long, man. It got to take care of an injury. Yes, if it was healed, would he be wearing the cast? He's going to be thinking about it. <laughs> That's good. He's kind of oh, dumb, isn't he? <laughs> he reminds me of those eight to fivers out yeah, there, those yeah. street urchins. <laughs> You're right there with them. Yes, we hear about the cast that won't ever come off for the rest of his career. Street urchin. If you caught that or not. Yeah, that's what I usually order when I go to sushi bars. They're usually out of the street urchin. Though. Oh, yeah. Well, they're on the Titan. Exactly. But yes, I didn't realize that he hurt himself defending Piper and Mr. Wonderful while they were training in the swamps. Did not realize that. Yeah, there's a couple of stories out there. Also, the Snooker heard it in a match with Snooker from War to Settle the Score. A couple of things every once in a while on there. The mystery. At least we have some tales to go by instead of just hearsay. At least got a down to two things that might have done. I think everything Piper says is hearsay. <laughs> be honest with you. And he is, by the way, one of the best heels only because he's so quick to go off on somebody. Like he has a hairline temper. No doubt. Just snap. Just breathe the wrong way and bam. I always like watching him talk. He could just talk. He'd be good. Yeah, that's why they wanted to make him a manager when he first came over there. And he was for a little bit. But yeah, then he got back into wrestling and they gave him a Piper's Pit and it was gold. Oh yeah. I was happy to finally learn the truth. <laughs> The truth shall set you free. Follow us on social media. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the tag team podcast. On Twitter, at tag team. On Google Plus, tag team podcast. Or email us at the tag team podcast at gmail.com. Or on the tagline, leave us a voicemail. 6016544 tag that's 6016544824 for some reason, they go back to Sarah the Soothsayer, even though she's let him down at least three times now. I think it's the third, maybe. And we go back to Tales of the Crypt. No, the real observation here is why Mr. Wonderful got to take his shirt off every time they come to see this lady. I don't understand. Likes the gun show. I don't know. Maybe that's how they pair. I was thinking that his shirt was a sacrifice. <laughs> possibility but that's the real question so they go to see the soothsayer again this time she finally gets a reading piper's shoulders are pinned and she runs off because she doesn't want to tell piper that well she did and since she ran off they took it out on her glad we're sitting down here fake pot that had obviously a five gallon bucket inside of it and dry ice because you see it when they kick it over and I thought wrestling was real. Maybe that's why they're done with her. Probably so. She broke kayfabe and she gets fired. Wasn't very impressed when he started kicking the fake wood. No, not at all. So after I pulled myself together, we go to watch the U.S. Express. Mr. Barry Windham and Michael Rotundo come out with the second titles of the night. Their tag team championships on their lap. I guess the girls that follow them around and rip their clothes off every time they're in public didn't make the show today. I think secretly they're following around Lou and 
Ah. Since he wasn't there, they were not either. That makes a lot more sense. Yes, he got that haircut. He's a ladies' man now. It's the MS, really. It's this MS charitable work that he did. Yeah, who doesn't like the head honcho for celebrity MS? Everybody. Exactly. We get some more WrestleMania a hype for the title match. Talking about Volkov and Sheik. And at the 30 minute, 30 second mark, I get some squeaky door in my ear. Squeaky door's back! And I was happy. Speaking of squeaky door. Yes. Is it me or does Rotundo just sound like he's high all the time when he talks? Possibility was the 80s. I don't know. They get kicked out, but it's not for Rotundo, so I don't know. I was just curious. I didn't... I didn't know if you caught on to that, but I was catching on to that pretty quick. He's not much of a talker during this stage, that's for sure. Neither one of them. It wasn't a good promo for either one of them. They need Lou. That's why they put Lou with them. I don't know what the <laughs> heck. This is like, other than Jimmy Hart, you can't bring your managers with you episode. Not sure where other managers were. I guess with the ladies, I guess. I guess. They all had a tween party. Watched Rainbow Bright and Jim the Holograms. Mm-hmm. Next, mm-hmm. we go to our second chip, U.S. Express versus Rusty Brooks and Terry Gibbs. Captain Lou does make an appearance for this one. On commentary, Vince McMahon and Bruno San Martino. This was a great enhancement talent match. That's what I got from it. No offense from the enhancement talent. No. It was just kind of like a, oh, look, they're going to win. <laughs> yep. Nothing flashy. And I didn't really see anything out of the ordinary. The biggest flash was Lou's haircut that they didn't mention beforehand. And you couldn't see as well because they didn't show too much of Lou in a jip where the match was already in progress. But you did get to see a little bit of his new style that he's supporting. Wyndham gets the running bulldog for the win. One, two, three. One, two, three. Back on set. Vince wants to know if there's any pressure with all the fans watching. Because, yeah, up till now, no one was watching. Barry says Knight will be a little nervous for WrestleMania, but they got this. That's what I took away from all that talk. Yeah, I agree. Confident, and they know that they're going to be watched, and they're okay. So I don't know where the your fans are going to watch you come in, because he's just trying to psych them out. Yeah, your fans will finally watch, because it's WrestleMania, and all your fans are on closed capture. So, next up, we get our vignettes with Hog Hogan and Mr. T, and they go to Trader Joe's. I don't know. They go to some health store in California. Allegedly, Mr. T's not eating hot dogs anymore like he was before. Hulk Hogan's got him eating the right stuff. I like the scene because there's a bunch of people just standing around watching all this. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Is that Mr. T? Who's that other bald guy? Yeah, I did notice. I was going to say I didn't, but I did notice that Mr. T's only one sweating. Yeah. <laughs> Hogan's dry as a bone. There's a story about that, too. We'll cover it in WrestleMania. And after the little food segment where Mr. T and Hulk Hogan drink some wheat grass and, I don't know, a couple other things that are in there, and write down the recipe, we go to our... Wait, 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 wait. You're going to skip the wheat grass? <laughs> go ahead. If you got more, go ahead. <laughs> the wheat grass segment? Wait a minute. <laughs> so, while they're in the shop, I thought you were going to cover it. Nope. Go ahead. It's all you. So... They're, they're going to the counter and they find a juice. It's carrot juice. Mr. T says, all right, take the carrot juice. Start making some sort of a cocktail to drink. And while they're waiting on the cocktail to be made, Mr. T grabs this bowl and has, looks like grass, mower grass in it. And he asks what it is. And he says, oh, it's wheat grass. T says, oh, okay, add it. So they add it to the blender mix and then they start drinking the cup and they realize how nasty it was, both of them. He's like, oh, make it mean, make it mean. And then once again, Mr. T grabs the wheat grass and says, what is this? And Hulk says, <laughs> it's wheatgrass. Mr. T says, oh, we're going to put that to the side. We, we don't want that. Oh, after that, they go to grab some bananas. They start eating the bananas. He says, yeah, the bananas make you swing. <laughs> 
Hulk just loses it right there. <laughs> what are you saying exactly? He said, <laughs> oh, man, man, Mr. T, I know what you were talking about. <laughs> yes, I caught that. And I thought that was it would have been racist if it would have been the white person saying it. Uh, but <laughs> that wasn't the case. That was my moment that I actually laughed the hardest just to see Hulk's face. Your golden segment. Yes. So after the health food shop, they go over their question again. And do you remember question number two, Parchance? Um, it was what wrestler did a movie that said, did a 50s movie or that starred in one of the main roles in a 50s movie? Alfred, take it away. Question number two. What 50s and 60s wrestler was the subject of a film made by the star of a TV series? Close enough. Oh, if that's Mr. T, I'm going to feel really bad. I would like to take a shot at it, but since they hadn't gave us any answers and this one's a lot harder to look up than any other question they asked for these, I'm going with what I looked up and watched, and that was an Andy Kaufman going with Freddie Blassie to eat breakfast, and it's called My Breakfast with Blassie. And for anyone that doesn't know Andy Kaufman, this was very Andy Kaufman. Just total, like, is this a word? Is this a shoot? Does Blassie have any idea what's going on? But yeah, it was just its own type of genre. It was definitely weird. Oh, yeah. Don't know if I'd make anyone ever watch it. But yeah, it was it was interesting. So that's what I'm going with because Blassie fits that character mold, 50s, 60s guy. And then Andy Kaufman fits that superstar as far as he was on TV with his own show, Taxi and all that. I was going with that. That was my, my guess for question two. So this week... We go to question three. What famous star presented an award to Captain Lou Albano at a recent Madison Square Garden event? And that should be an easy one because that was like two weeks ago. So, yeah. All right. So we got two out of three. Yeah, we'll, we'll get two out of three. We'll go over next week's answer or next podcast. But yeah. So we can at least get some shirts. I think you have to have all three of them right. Even for the shirts, you just have to be the first hundred to get in there with the right answers to be able to get your T-shirt. Ah, okay. They did give us a new address, though, and I'm wondering why. This one, for some reason, is going to New York instead of the usual Connecticut address that they've been given since the beginning of the show. So I'm not sure why this one's going to a different location than everything else, but yeah. It's a new area. I guess. Maybe they get some kind of write-off or something since they have to send them to New York. They didn't say what event they're exactly sending them to, so I'm guessing not WrestleMania? I don't know. They just said they're getting four tickets to a New York City event. That's where Madison Square Garden is, right? Yeah. There's also the Nassau Coliseum and a couple other things. I don't know. I don't know my geography too well around New York City. I'm not sure how close it is to Manhattan or New York City or anything like that. I know the garden's the main thing, and then, yeah, you got these other things out there. So, comparing this episode, prior episodes, did you notice anything? Uh, It's Jimmy Hart. More gold. Pretty much everything we called out there. Nothing too spectacular differently. Oh, a little bit of bleeding. Gotta catch any bleeding, actually. I think it was the first match that was there. The Kim Batera giant match. Okay. I think there was some bleed over there on the right-hand side. There's some video stuff going on. And, of course, Squeaky Door. Yeah, Jimmy Hart was... Is excited. Yeah. But, yeah, pretty much now on the head on that one. You got some historical facts for us? Oh, of course. We begin classic historical figures you'll remember way more clearly than whatever you were taught in history class. Breakdown of big events that shaped pop culture. 1985 is one of the most important years. Actually, looking at the day in history, I probably should have got that Ronald Reagan mask right. <laughs> 
<laughs> not even listening to your own history. Yeah. Well, it was after. It's like, oh, yeah. But anyways, uh, this day in history, it was Monday under the side of Arius. U.S. President was Ronald Reagan. And famous people born on this day, Carmen Resmusen and Diana Rennick. Heard of the second one. I'm guessing actress. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no. It could have been an actor at a later time, but for this time period, no. Probably right. I'm just guessing. Close, though. You get half a buzz for that one. I don't know how to bet, <laughs> but okay. Thanks. Mm, there we go. In that special week of March, people in the USA were listening to One More Night by Phil Collins. And in the UK, you were listening to You Spin Me Round Like a Record by Dead or Alive. Police Academy 2, their first assignment, was one of the most viewed movie releases in 1985. And on TV, people were watching CBS Story Break. Good stuff. What was that exactly? Was that a like movie of the week type thing? Or was that like a predecessor to one of these 2020 Dateline shows? CBS, that was a Saturday morning anthology TV series. Okay, that's what I was thinking, really. Sounded more like a morning thing. Yeah, it had a Dragon Blood cartoon, Monsters Ring, Wrathless Creature, it, the California Raisins, like a cartoon TV show. It had Bob Keyshawn and Malcolm Warner doing the voices. Fun fact. Take that home and share with everybody. And explain who they are. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say people are like, who's Malcolm Warner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm ready for the retirement home. Yes. If you liked video games, you were probably playing Trivia Master or the Great American Cross Country Road Race. Yeah, I never had either one of those. No, nope, definitely not. Commodore, we're still on Commodore 64 stuff? Yes. Okay, that's why. Uh, Carmen Rasmussen was a Canadian-American singer, songwriter, and actress. Deanna Rennick was an Estonian figure skater. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. That's what it says. Well, you're very generous to give me partial credit on that. I wouldn't have gave me any. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's all good. But that is today's history. Well, reviewing the show overall, it was definitely one big WrestleMania hype package, but if you didn't get enough hype on this one, stay tuned for the next one, because it gets more <laughs> hypier. Yeah, pay per views. Coming up next on TNT, we get baseball manager Billy Martin and singer Liberace. Guessing they'll have some wrestlers on there as well, because it wouldn't be Tuesday Night Titans without a wrestler. Fact. What do you want? You keep touching my leg. With that, we say thank you for downloading. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your family's friends. Tell your friends of your family. Download, download, download. Thank you for listening to the Tag Team Podcast. Join Jeff and John next week as they continue to break down WWF Tuesday Night Titans. I loved how Hogan and Mr. T come up in the sit-ups and give a little kiss to each other as they do it. I thought that was real they cute. They must be training in New York City. That's exactly what they were training, yeah. San Francisco. They've been training in all parts. I mean, sure. In all parts. Well,